0: Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio, Spain edition. Um, This is the second podcast that I've done with my friend Janice Mason-Steves from the little Spanish village of Castrillo de los Pulvitares. And um, we've been here now uh, a little bit, about a week past the time we recorded last, and in the meantime, our
1: students have arrived, and it's been
0: really good, right?
1: it's a phenomenal group. Yes. I just I'm really connecting with everybody. I think that we all are.
0: And there's been a, there's been a pace to it which is just lovely. It's a bit slower that we take a long break after lunch and it just seems like people are really both calm and energized. You know, they're they're excited about their work, but they're also kind of easygoing and and um, accepting of the schedule whatever it is and so it's been very um pleasant and wonderful I would say and we've had some interesting um moments with different exercises that we've been doing because the point of this workshop was to connect with this place and so um
1: some of the things we've been doing with the students include um so one of the things that um I like to do is uh, sit spots, they're called. And um, it's to do with sitting outside for uh, 20 minutes in the morning or sitting in the village. Usually I try to do this when I teach workshops in beautiful places. So, um, you know, not like in an art college, but in places that are really beautiful where the students can go and sit outdoors to connect with the land. And so... It involves just basically sitting and um, observing and opening your senses to the environment and what you hear and feel and see. And then you walk, come in silently and do uh, some of the morning four paintings is what we call them, and where we do four small paintings. Another exercise that we've done is um, word paintings, where you go and sit outside for maybe half an hour and record um, record what you see. Basically, it's it's uh, writing uh, uh, a picture of what you see that that you would when you read it. You would be able to um, the person that would you would be reading it to could be able to visualize the place that you're seeing. Yeah, and it
0: was really interesting when this exercise took place um, yesterday. We did set it out as just, you know, describe what you see in detail. And what came back and everyone was willing to read theirs, uh, had a dimension of more sort of philosophy or poetry. I mean, they were, they were beautifully done. They and, and were beautiful. It was more than I think either of us expected, but it was impressive <laughs> that people could, I, and I think it's a mark of this profundity of this place in general that People would go out and, and sit and write, just, um, spontaneously write stuff that was quite deep and poetic. And it was, it was wonderful. And then the, this morning we were, uh, out on a a field trip and we went, first of all, at sunrise to these amazing petroglyphs and they, um, we had learned about them because, uh, Bertrand, who runs the retreat center with his wife, Basha, They had told us about the petroglyphs in detail and given a presentation. So we go to this place. Sun is rising. Um, it was spectacular. And then we did the sit spots. And I think it was so moving to everyone just to be sitting quietly in that. Sitting quiet. Yeah. Sitting quietly
1: for 20 minutes. And you could hear the sounds in the distance of the cow bells, and you could hear a crow flying over, and you could, uh, it, it, it was, you could hear a rooster far in the distance, and, you know, it was the soft grasses moving in the wind. It was, it was incredibly beautiful and very meaningful for people to be in mm-hmm. such a place of such ancient history, and, and the yet pet- the contemporary sounds yeah. around you. The
0: Petroglyphs themselves are about 4,500 years old, so your mind goes to who made these and why, and, you know, it just, it was really beautiful. So, um, the idea of the sit spot is, it's kind of an open eye meditation, right? I mean, you're not, it's, it's a being, it's being very present. And I think what, uh, some of what we're trying to do with the students is, Give them these opportunities to be really present because that's how you open up to a place. If you're, and we, we often ask them to not talk, right? I mean, yeah. we had them walk uh, quietly into the petroglyphs and other times we just say, um, yeah, please just be quiet because that's when you're really in touch with your own surroundings and you're not somewhere else in your brain uh, chatting with someone about something right. completely different. So, It's, it's a, it's a way of finding solitude within a group, I think. And, and that's, that's really important. So, um, we're just, we're halfway through now the, more or less the, um, workshop. And I think feeling really good about it. And so we were thinking about what to talk about in this podcast. And I think as a general topic, the idea of teaching in places, uh, that are kind of outside A sort of normal classroom or art center or something like you were saying in beautiful places or where something interesting and exciting is going on that is accessed through the workshop. And whether that's something in your own country or whether it involves, um, traveling to another country. And, um, so it's just a, it's a, it's an exciting learning experience, I think, for students and I think for instructors as well because this has really been been wonderful for us too, um, and we thought well maybe talking a little bit about if if you find that it is possible for you to do something like this financially or time wise, recognizing you know it is a bit of a stretch that, but but say if you can pull that together, and you're trying to choose somewhere to go. Uh, Things to kind of think about. What, what would make the best experience for you? Um, so Jan and I were talking about the kind of landscapes that influence our own work, or we feel especially drawn to, and they're a bit different. So Jan, what, if you were to pick a landscape to spend time in for your, to benefit your own work, um, workshops and teaching aside, what, what would you gravitate towards?
1: Well, um, I like this landscape of um, Spain. Uh, I'd have to say, though, that uh, much as I love the little village, I find the village fairly confining. And so I like to um, sort of have a more open uh, landscape, like I taught a workshop in Iceland last year, mm. and I loved that yeah uh, treeless, big, broad landscape that was on the edge of the ocean. Mm-hmm. So I love, uh, you know, I love a really remote location that is not in a city, and that is like a desert or a place. I guess because I was brought up in the prairies, I was just going
0: <laughs> to say you're you're from the prairies of Canada and. When you were describing this openness, and I know light is important to you as well, and I just suddenly pictured the, you know, the the prairies of Canada, and I imagine that that implanted somehow.
1: Absolutely, of course. It's, and I think it's important where you're born that you that that landscape Mm -hmm. is imprinted in you, Mm -hmm. and certainly it is in me. And I really love uh, wide open spaces like. Um, like the prairies, like the desert, like being beside the ocean where Mm -hmm. I can have a really wide view. Ah, So while I love this, uh, village, Mm -hmm. uh, I find the it's all walls. It's all, (laughs) it's it's very, very, it's very enclosed. It's very enclosed. And so it's lovely to get out into the landscape like we did today Mm -hmm. into the petroglyphs that were so open. Yeah, that whole, we were in a beautiful open valley and, um, shadows and light,
0: um, and I think, I imagine that for some people, the, kind of the coziness of the village would be a, appealing. Sure. But it is, it's such an individual thing. And I mean, for myself, if I'm going to pick a landscape to inspire my work, it almost, it almost has to be rocky. Like rocks have to be there. <laughs> um, and I like, I like dramatic landscapes. I like, um, kind of sheer cliffs and crashing waves and things like that just really move me. And, So I, I probably wouldn't be drawn to something very calm or very quiet because there's something about the drama of nature that really appeals to me. And so when, if you're thinking about going traveling to a workshop somewhere, it's really worth thinking about not just, Oh, that sounds like it would be fun to go to whatever it is, but is that a place that will will move me as an artist and if you're just kind of starting out maybe you're not sure what that is and maybe you need to explore and figure out what it is um if you've been around for a while you probably have a sense of what type of place is going to stimulate you and that's that's a really basic element of choosing these places right yeah yeah so um and we we've also talked about places that we've been that didn't particularly move us and Uh, We both have been at different times to Costa Rica, which is a lovely country, right? It is
1: beautiful.
0: Um, very green. (laughs) And, and I, neither of us went, uh, to paint on different types of trips. But I remember coming back from Costa Rica and I, I think I did one painting kind of in response to it, but it, it just didn't, it didn't have that, um, certain elements that moved me. And so I wasn't particularly interested in, in working with it. And I think you said you felt kind of the same there that it was. I did. So um, anyway, that's, I think that's definitely one of the things to consider when you choose a workshop. I think another thing to think about is the time that you're going to be there. So that would include the length of the class itself. And some workshops are, you know, fairly short, say four days and some are much longer. I'm doing one in Greece in May that's two whole weeks. Um, I think a lot of them are, I don't know, five, six, seven days, which is a really nice amount of time to... It takes a little while to settle in, right, if you've been traveling. And uh, I think we noticed a bit of jet lag with our students the first day here. Yeah. It takes a while to just disconnect from where you were. So I think generally workshops that are at least five days wouldn't you agree or oh yeah i would say it yeah. would be minimum and then um also think about if you're going to make the effort and, and spend the money to go to somewhere far away you know really makes sense to build in some other travel time uh, typically i think a workshop is very focused on painting or whatever you're doing so you won't necessarily have time to
1: be a tourist very much.
0: Yeah. But that's part of the experience, right? I mean, just getting a sense of the culture and
1: yeah. So, well, and it's also great in a workshop to build in um a day or two off right. where 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 students can um go and experience some of the landscape mm-hmm. at least.
0: Yeah. And that's what I mean, I know when I teach in Ireland, we always have a day out and we did it here. I know some we're going to talk in a few minutes about some workshops that you're planning uh, in the future and and just kind of I think we we do and other teachers do build in some cultural experiences that are outside of just being in in one place. So like today we we went not only to the petroglyphs but we went we walked beside a beautiful river and we uh, there was a old hermitage church there and we had uh, lunch and uh, stones we collected stones and we we viewed a, an old site of a Roman mine and we uh, collected earth we collected <laughs> <laughs> well, you see a theme here <laughs> and we had a really great lunch that seemed to last about two hours yeah. or something in a, yeah. in a local restaurant so um, and it's kind of a bonding experience too I think don't you yeah. for the students for the student, to, I
1: do I agree
0: they can um, you know, it's it's just a a great a great day out. And oh we also saw a bit of the Camino and the famous Iron Cross on the Camino uh where people leave mementos and rocks and things, so we were able to stop there. Um so when you when you're reading descriptions of a workshop and considering taking it, pay attention to that. You know, is is there gonna be an opportunity during the class for you to get out and see things or not? And uh if not, then definitely Plan some time before or after when you're just going to see things that interest you. Rent a car or use public transport and get around and see things. Yeah, I
1: think it's an important part it of it. It is. A Otherwise, it's, it's important in, in, uh, to connect with 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 the place in that way, whether mm-hmm. it's to do with the land or a village. I think it's important to collect to connect with it by spending some time touring and if understanding that's the, the the context. And somebody said that today
0: one of the students, which I thought was interesting, she said, this day is giving me a context for, you know, we kind of landed in one place here in this little village to see the whole area. And really, we were getting some incredible vistas of miles of looking out over mountains and just to feel like, okay, um, what's around here? And what's what's the food like? What are people like? And what are some of the other villages like? So... um anyway I would I would say that's a pretty big component when you're looking at one of these uh, workshop in another location or an unusual location I guess I'm not sure quite how to describe them but we're talking about workshops that are not just held in a room and you, you leave you know and so another consideration is are you all staying in the same place and I know the students have mentioned because here they're staying in a very close by hotel but we eat all the meals together. Yeah. <clears throat> We're basically together from morning till night. And uh, that is a real, it's really good for the group. I mean, it really bonds people. Uh, same thing in Ireland when I teach. Pre- people are pretty much together all day. Um, if that doesn't appeal to you, then pay attention to that when you read the description. If if you really need solitude or you really want to get away, uh, that's something to figure out for yourself what's right for you um and i think just one one last thing we're kind of a general topic before we get into some specifics about what you're doing with your um, workshops and wild places is uh what what's it going to do for your work you know like what what would motivate you in terms of your work to take uh one of these workshops so um any thoughts about that
1: so, I would say that yes, if you what well what is it that inspires your work for one thing. Like for me and for Rebecca, I would say that the light for me and also the place, like the land is what inspires me in my work. So to find places that um sort of suit what the kind of landscape I like and um that will inform my work, I think that those are very yeah. important considerations you you notice one of the things about traveling anywhere is you you become very
0: tuned into nuances right you really really notice things and i always think it's interesting you you when i'm at home or wherever i kind of i don't really look as hard as i do when i'm somewhere else and so that observation and um really looking at things can be can change your work and I often tell students, you know, it doesn't, you might go to Spain and find yourself looking at clouds. Well, you have clouds at home, but here you might, for some reason, you're paying more attention to clouds and clouds enter your work. I mean, that's just an example. So it's not always that it has to be something really unusual, although it often is, but it really is being very open to just whatever hits you and you're in kind of a vulnerable open state, right? Yeah. And oh, then. you
1: definitely you you see when you are it opens your eyes to seeing again. I th- I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely that's right. That's it. the same way. If I'm affected at home, and I walk through my woods, walking my dog every day, and I and I'm thinking though, I'm thinking about other things. What's mm-hmm. going on in my mm-hmm. life? What I have to do. But so when you're in a new environment, you you see with new eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's, and it's a, and you're very present. And so it's a worthwhile thing to travel just for that alone. It is, yeah. It's really, um,
0: it, it sort of, yeah, it just sort of opens you up and, and somehow you're changed. Every time you travel, somehow you're changed in some way. Um, one of the kind of, um, ongoing themes that's come up in the workshop is, the return home as well, because uh, on the Camino, traditionally people couldn't, they get to the end of the Camino and nowadays you get on a plane and fly home, right? (laughs) Or or some other transport. Uh, In the old days, people had to walk home again. And so the return home was part of the journey. And we were drawing labyrinths and you, you draw your way into the labyrinth and then you draw your way out. And so... The return from a trip, I think, also is important when you, when you get back to your studio and you're, I don't know, I think for me it's a lot about memory and there's some essence that comes through when I'm just trying to work intuitively. Say trying to work intuitively. It does, that sounds a little counteractive, but uh, I do work intuitively and I do uh, try to be open to whatever's coming through. And I know we were talking about that earlier today too, because one of the students said, what, what is it about? You've been someplace and how do you respond emotionally to the landscape and, and the place? And rather than being analytical or thinking, oh, this is Spain, so I have to have tile rooftops in it or something. And, and what did you say about that? Because you had a good remark.
1: Oh, I suggested that, uh, it's really important to play and, uh, however you are able to use that word, I think it's a really important word too. I think it, you know, you, when you play, you're accessing the unconscious. Mm-hmm. And so you're accessing the part of you that is, you know, not judgmental. It's the true part of you that, that, um, it will open up uh, new ideas and new thoughts. And so you you have to just... To play, you just have to let... I mean, you can ask a three-year-old or a five-year-old to play and they know exactly what you mean. <laughs> to ask an adult to play is a much more difficult thing because mm. it's been trained out of us, right? And so, when
0: when kids play, it seems like they get something... They take something and they run with it, right? Oh, let's pretend to be whatever it is. And then all of a sudden this... World evolves <laughs> out of their imaginations. And in a way, that's what we do when we play with art materials is, Oh, what's, what's going to happen? Let's see what happens if I this or that. Or, um, you just enter into some other state of mind or world and you just go with it. Right. Yeah. And you just see what's going to happen. And you may finish and say, that one's going in the trash, you know, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, it's, it's definitely part of, the process and if, if anything, I think travel and these experiences encourage that because you are out of your own habits. You are in a different place. You're eating different food. You're getting up at different times. You're not quite in routine. And it seems like it helps people to, to be a little more open. So I think that's a really valuable thing. So, um, I think uh, as we finish up, today um we did mention in the previous podcast that uh, Jan's uh, development of um, workshops in wild places but we thought we'd spend a little more time going into some detail about their well what they're about and why would you want to
1: get involved in something like that okay so w- w- what i'm doing is choosing locations that are appealing to me so that they would be remote, uh, locations that are not in villages or cities that are, uh, located in a countryside. And so some of them are in, um, well, I mean, I can say where they are. They're in, they're in, in Scotland and, uh, three of them are in Canada and, and one in Mongolia. But I, I, my goal in doing them is to um, facilitate connecting with the land so that an artist would, um, learn about various ways of connecting with the land. And then from that, like we're doing here, except for here we're in a village, the, um, the idea of connecting with place and connecting with land and learning to paint abstractly from that mm-hmm. so that you're, you're, you're playing with, uh, the materials that you bring and you're connecting to the land through various exercises that I do. So I've got a workshop organized. Three of them are in Canada. One is in Newfoundland where we would, um, we'll be going out on, on, on the day off. We go out on a boat trip to see potentially see icebergs mm. that take place in June. And then um another one is in Scotland where we're teaching with Rebecca it's on 2000 acres of land on the sea south of Glasgow staying in a castle. A castle, I love that. I know. So the workshops are taking place in remote locations but also really comfortable locations so that there's you know that you're in a in a place that's that's comfortable that you can then uh, go out from there and explore the land. So they're, it's, they're quite nurturing environments with good thing. food. Yeah. and I pleasant surroundings. I yeah. think that's really important in in the process. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. So another one is in. Um, after that, I'm going to be the, the focus will be on on storm watching in Tofino, BC. And so
0: what exactly? Um, so it's in winter, right? So you're no, it's November. So, so. It could
1: be sleet, could be snow, could be rain. Well, likely not in BC. It would likely be on the west coast of BC. It would be, um, it could be cool. All right. Sure, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be, um, the, this is the storm season from November to March. And so big storms oh. come right across. They And it's Pacific. a
0: place where people could see the storms yeah. coming. That sounds so And exciting. it's right on
1: the beach in, uh, Ooh. Tofino, BC. And another one is in, um, Nova Scotia in 2020. We're going to, uh, um, it's deep in a uh, old growth forest in the interior of Nova Scotia. Which is, um, a designated stargazing site because it's, uh, so dark. It's such in the, such deep, deep in the forest. And, um, so there's an astronomer on staff. Is that right? Yeah. So, so there's stargazing, you know, discussions and there's, 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 there's lectures about the old growth forest and about the, um, the land, and there's also a forest bathing program as the that they have, like they have in Japan mm-hmm. so it's a so I'm kind of having a focus for each of the workshops that is to do with the land and connecting with the land and each one ha- yeah, it has a quite a specific it's not a general
0: thing, it's quite specific really what it is the reason for picking these places, and I think that's that's really fascinating. I mean, it when when you think about taking a workshop and it gets that specific about what you might experience i think it's really intriguing because it it grabs your imagination and think oh i mean the one in the storm watching thing just sounds fabulous to me and you just picture yourself there with this you know dramatic stuff going on and uh it's it's really it's very interesting so um any any last words about uh those and
1: well, just that it's ongoing. There'll be other workshops coming up uh, that will be also in various parts of the world that appeal to me. And um, you're on a roll with this. I'm those. on a roll. <laughs> and so, yeah, there'll be a website you can find out from my website and uh dot and also uh, the workshops in Wild Places website is is under development, so it'll be coming up soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's really exciting, and. Um, and I, I have some workshops coming up in, in interesting places as well, in Ireland and Greece and Italy. I have to say, they, they appear to be full at this point, or mostly full, so I'm not really promoting them. But it's something I'm very interested in, too. And I do teach in Ireland um, just about every year. And so that's, a, that's quite a wild place, really. So it's something we share, something we're both excited about. So um, I think that's about it. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Rebecca. That was a lovely
1: conversation. All right. Bye. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own
0: creative space,
1: messy or otherwise.